Welcome to The Kindness Podcast. I'm Nicole Phillips. Today I get to interview one of the kindest celebrities I've ever met. Debbie Matinopoulos came on the scene when she was just 22 as a co-host on The View. She's gone on to cover major world events and interview countless celebrities. I know her, though, from her current position as co-host of Hallmark Channel's Home and Family Show. Hi, Debbie. Thanks for joining me on The Kindness Podcast. Hi, Nicole. Thank you for having me. So exciting to speak with you. I feel like I haven't seen you in forever, but hopefully we will see each other sooner than later and I can give you a big hug. I know. I'm missing my hugs. It was so fun getting to know you through the course of my four little appearances on your show. And here's my question for you. Did you you really, do you really remember repeat guests like that? Or do the producers tip you off like, hey, it's Nicole, that kindness lady? No, no, no. First of all, you are really underselling yourself because you are impossible to forget. Someone oh. who lights up a room with so much kindness and energy will always be remembered. Like that's, that is one of, you know, that is one reason why people should be nice to each other because people always remember nice people and remember how people make them feel, you mm-hmm. know, and you have the ability to make people feel really good. Because, you know, that saying, the the adage, no one's going to remember what you said or did, but they'll always remember how you made them feel. Yes. And you make people feel good. Well, so that how is, could I possibly forget you? Thank you. That is so, so <laughs> sweet to hear. And, you know, the funny thing is, is as, as I look at um, people I've been able to interact with, the one thing, especially on TV shows and things like that, the one thing that struck me immediately about you is how present you are in the middle of the interview like you are you are right there and in in your viewers the the families at home that are watching your your tv family can see it because you know you'll have a a little tear that comes to your eyes sometimes or you can just and that doesn't happen unless you're absolutely in the moment but is that something you had to learn or did it come naturally because being in a, a studio where they're shooting a show is stressful you know, thank you for saying that. That really means a lot to me. Um, that's not something that, you know, I think you know this too, because you come from the news world and from a news background and, you know, live news, you're in it. You don't have a choice. Do you know right. what I mean? Oh, yeah. They give you a mic, you're thrown in and you better go. And there's no second shot. There's no second chance. This is sink or swim time. And I think there's something about, um, I guess, inquisitive personalities like yourself or like me mm-hmm. that are interested in this line of work because that's what we really, really love and that's what we really connect to. I mean, I feel so incredibly fortunate that I have been able to, to, um, to be in this field for so long because I, I truly don't feel like it's work. I truly feel like what I am doing is allowing people to share their stories and, and add goodness to the world. And that's what you're doing too. And I don't think you can learn that being in it. I think you either are or you're not. And I think one of the, one of the things that allows you or myself to be in it and to really feel it is to not be self-conscious. I mm. think if you are constantly worried about what you look like, what your hair is doing, if people are looking at you a certain way, or if you are, if you're saying or doing the right thing, you can't be present. It's impossible mm-hmm. to be present. You really just have to be in your being. And that I think comes with just being accepting of who you are. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, it's like, it's okay. Not everybody's going to like me. Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to like anybody. But as long as you like you and you are confident and you are comfortable in your own skin, then you can be present for others and allow them to shine and really share their story. I am and that as, as an interviewer mm-hmm. and as a person who, who wants people to share their goodness and share their stories and really make them, like my job is to make you the star. Mm. And if I can't do that, then I shouldn't be doing it. It's not, the spotlight's not supposed to be on me. So mm-hmm. when people actually can share their story and they feel comfortable enough and they feel, um, they feel connected enough with me to be able to share, like they're, this is their, you know, this is coming out of their souls and they've come to sit down and share it with me and it's something they've worked on very hard. The fact that they'll share it with me is so, I, I feel so honored mm-hmm. and I get, I, I'm in it with you a thousand percent. Like when you're telling me your story, I'm living that. And I know what it feels like to, to start from nowhere and, and work really hard to, to, to succeed in yeah. whatever field it is. So I feel it. <laughs> I feel it deeply. And, and, and I can tell being in the room with you, I can tell that you feel it. It's, it's interesting. I'm going to steal your, um, I, I talk a lot with people about perspective when I go out and speak and things like that. And I talk about mindset and perspective and what are you thinking about at this exact moment? Think about what you're thinking about. And so often those thoughts are back on ourselves. Like you said, what what are people thinking of me? How am I coming across? What's my hair look like? And yeah. to be able to to shed all of that allows for this huge pathway of kindness because we stop thinking. It, it kindness helps us get our eyes off of ourselves, put it onto other people. But right. I am I'm stealing your words and sharing them with people <laughs> because that is such you, absolutely yeah. you can have them and it's it's so true you can't be worried about what you're doing all the time if you're trying to listen to somebody else mm-hmm. and listen don't get me wrong there are times where I will look back at an interview and I'll say what in the world is going on with my face because I am so into what the person is saying <laughs> that you that I forget that I have this look on my face like and I thought oh my I look like I've seen a ghost could somebody have said to me smile but you know what it's, it's irrelevant who cares right. because if there's one person at home that looks at it and says oh my gosh she looks crazy I don't really care because the person across from me knows I'm connecting with them and that's what's important. So Debbie, you started in this field when you were so young and there is a cost to being in the limelight, to being the star. I don't care what people say, like there is a huge cost to to our hearts and my heart kind of bleeds for young Debbie who had to learn that on a big screen oh. when you were on The View. Um, and so yeah. how did you come through the fire like that and and land in a spot of kindness instead of bitterness because I think everyone listening goes through times or has to deal with circumstances or people that are really difficult and not everybody comes through with kindness sometimes we end up bitter what's what is the solution I mean I think it's super important I always say kindness and happiness is a choice we all have lots of choices in our lives, and we can choose to see the lesson and the goodness, or we can choose to allow whatever the situation is to make us hard and callous and angry. Yeah. But who is that helping? You carry that around. That's not helping anybody. Mm. People that you are interacting with on a daily basis, they don't all know your story. They just know that you're not acting kind. They don't know that. Mm-hmm. Like they're thinking, why is this person so angry? Why is this person so closed off? Life is short. Mm-hmm. Nicole, life is so short. Before you know it, like 
it's it's time to say bye and move on. And you're like, what happened? I don't, I don't, I choose not to let circumstances and situations turn me hard or, or turn me callous or, or make me say, woe is me. You know, I yeah. think when I was that young, I mean, I was 21 when I started at The View and I really had no idea what I was doing. Zero. I was working at MTV. I went to a party for a friend of mine who was moving to go do a, um, he was going to be a newscaster in, in Iowa or something in New York city. And he, and there was a casting agent there and he said, come audition for this thing. And I said, what? I said, I work at MTV. I mean, I had pink hair. <laughs> I, it, I wasn't searching for this. I was not searching for it. And I said, okay, sure. I'll come. And something about my, I guess my, um, honesty and my rawness and my, um, really uh, not having experience. My inexperience led Barbara and my awesome executive producer at the time, Bill Getty, to say, wait a minute, this is something that could really be groundbreaking because we've never done anything like this before. Mm -hmm. Never in the history of television had they put a 21-year-old on TV on a permanent co-host position ever in history. With Barbara Walters. I look back now and I'm not sure they would ever do it yet. Right. I'm not sure they'd ever do it again, given how I was. No. (laughs) But, but I was, I was super young and I was, I was hired to just be me, you know, and I didn't know how to do anything else except for be me. So I had, you know, just like anyone's first job, it's tough for anyone getting out of college and learning how to navigate the workplace. I unfortunately had to learn how to navigate it in front of the entire nation and in front of an entire nation who could hide behind emails and say hateful things and send hateful letters and and say, why is she there? She's dumb and she's young and she's an idiot and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, wow, you know, I was not prepared for that. Now, by no means was I or am I an idiot? I mean, I graduated with honors from right. NYU. Right. So I, I was very <laughs> confident in my ability. Did I say some silly things on television and did I act in silly ways? A thousand percent. But let's remember, I was 21 years old right. and I'd never been on live TV in my life. Ever. So it was very much like the live news thing where you get a mic and you sink or swim. And I was treading water and I was drowning quickly. Mm. But I think what got me through those really tough times and, and what got me through years after that was that I had a very, um, a very stable upbringing. And my, my Greek family was like, so what? It's just a TV show. You know, yeah, all those people that are saying those things, they don't know you. Like, they don't really know who you are. They're just judging this small snippet, this hour of time every day. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you get the press that runs after you because you're like the new kid on the block. So they're like taking pictures of you everywhere you go. I was certainly, I was not prepared. And it was terrifying. (laughs) Like, when I, I often like think about, God, that poor, my poor 21-year-old self, Mm -hmm. if I could go back now and just say to her, I promise you it's going to be okay. Because I used to cry. I would go in my dressing room and cry every day and say, my God, how could these people say these things about me? Mm-hmm. And when you're that young, if you don't have a really strong um, kind of community, whether it's your family, whether it's a teacher, whether whoever it is, I had that really strong sense of family that allowed me to kind of you know go back in on myself and heal myself. And, and they'd be like, it's fine. 
You know, we love you. We know who you are. This is not, you can't believe what the press says. Now, on the flip side of that, I wouldn't trade it for the world. That was the most amazing experience that I've ever had in in my lifetime. And also the one that I've learned the most in, in all of my 30 years on television. I believe like, it. It's not been mm. 30 years, but I, I learned more in that 18-month period than I have learned to date. And most of it was about human nature. Mm. And most of it was about how to navigate incredibly strong, big personalities mm-hmm. that you may have to work with. And you probably will encounter in your lifetime because, you know, listen, we don't always get to choose who our coworkers are going to be. Right. Most often we don't. But as grown adults, you have to learn how to work with these people and you have to learn how to communicate in order if you want in order to be successful in any field. Mm -hmm. So it was that in itself was something that I could never, ever it was amazing. I couldn't pay money to have a class like that. Right. You were learning. It was on. Oh, is that a sweet Alexandra I hear in the background? That's Alexandra. She said everybody got a Tootsie Pop except for her. (gasps) Oh, honey. (laughs) I will send you one. Oh. Oh, gosh. Nicole says she'll send you one. You guys, can you find her a Tootsie Pop, please? Oh. oh my gosh! See, this is this is working from home. Yes, and I love oh, that you share. You know, when when the Home and Family show, when Home and Family went um, from being on Hallmark Channel live basically every day to then switching over, and and um, you, you never left us. You know, all of all of your fans, uh, oh. the family never <laughs> left us. You just went to your own homes and then started yeah. basically broadcasting social with through social media. So. What's a day in the life like for you? And has that been um, um, a, a blessing? Has it been? Because I've seen, I've been to the set. I've seen Alexandra on set with her pigtails and, <laughs> you know, walking around like she owns a place. And I just dig her so much. So what's a day in the life like now? Well, it's so funny because when we did start doing all the um, <laughs> all the segments from home, I was like, Look, y'all, this does not get more home and family than what you're seeing right now. You were seeing <laughs> home and family a thousand percent unfiltered, no light, no wardrobe, no hair and makeup. What you see is what you get. And at first, at first it was a little frightening, uh-huh. to be completely honest with you, because I felt like, oh, my gosh, where I'm like stripping away. You know, I've been on television for, for oh, 21. I'm so 24 years now. Mm-hmm. And before that, I was at MTV. I mean, it's like, so 24 years, I have never been on television with no makeup on. And and I don't know how to do my own makeup. <laughs> <laughs> you think I would have learned something along the way, but I didn't. And it's a real skill. So I, I thought, wow, I'm really stripping down. And then after you get past that again, like I said, you can't be present unless you can get past that. So once I got past that, it was all like cake. It was amazing. I felt, I felt like I like I have been sharing, and I'm sure all my my um, coworkers feel the same. More of our real lives than we've ever been able to share on our set. You know, simply because right. of the way that the things are set up there. You have to do certain things, etc. Well, it was almost like you know the the doors were blown off, and 
it was anything goes because we needed content. We wanted to stay connected with everybody. And the way we did that was by sharing our true homes and families mm-hmm. and, you know, doing like different cooking segments and, and crafts and, and allowing my family and, and a lot of my coworkers' families to be in the videos. And, you know, at first I thought, I wonder if my family is going to be into this. And then it got to the point where when I stopped asking, like I put all my nieces in it as well. And my mom <laughs> is in one coming up. But when I, when, when I stopped asking Alexandra to be in them, she would come in in the middle and say, why aren't I in this? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I don't want to force you to do anything you don't want to, honey, because I know you get bored doing this. She said, no, I want to do it, mommy. So, I mean, it is, it's been a lot of fun and it's been, it has been really great to be able to spend this amount of time with my family. Like at mm-hmm. first, you know, when it first started, the thing came down, we thought, okay, we're going to be home for two months. It can't possibly be more than two months, worst case scenario. And now the two months has turned into six months. And, you know, it's been really tough on people, you know, financially, people aren't going back to work. It's been really tough for people to work from home. You know, it, it's, I can't, to be completely honest, it's hard to shoot from a house. Right. That, you know, when you don't have lights set up and, you know, you have people that actually live here, so they're in and out of rooms. So it has been pretty difficult. But it has also been, I think, like a gift from the universe to a, to allow us to have this time together with our families and really remember what the most important thing in life is. You know what I mean? Mm. Because I think for so long we had gotten so like we, we'd been focusing on the wrong things. We'd been focusing on exterior things to make us happy when the truth is the most important thing in life are the people that are around you Mm -hmm. and the people that have been there for you and will continue to be there for you. And we've been also busy rushing around and trying to live our lives and trying to get to that next milestone and that next success and this and that. And I feel like the universe has said, wait a second, pump the brakes. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm putting everyone on a worldwide timeout. (laughs) You guys can remember why we're all here remember why we're here. And it's not about any of that exterior stuff. None of it is going to matter. Another TV show, another book, another segment, another interview is not going to matter at the end of our lives. What is going to matter are those wonderful people that have brought you here Mm -hmm. and the relationships that you have built during this lifetime and how kind you were to somebody. Like, what is your legacy going to be? Oh, she built this or he built that or he did this show. I don't know. I'm not so interested in that. I'd rather my legacy be, well, she was really nice. She was kind. She Mm -hmm. helped people. Mm -hmm. Listeners, can you tell why I love Debbie so much and why I just think she is (laughs) such the real deal? It's so cool. Hey, Debbie, who, who who is in your family? Who are your special people at home? You have Alexandra. Is she five? She's five. I can't believe it. I don't know where this time went. Oh, it makes me cry, Nicole. I'm like, I know this. I know you know this. I mean, you blink and people say it all the time. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Until you become a parent. You know, people say, you know, really appreciate these years. They say it right at the beginning. You're like, I'm just trying to survive. I haven't slept in six months. But it's the truth. Because before you know it, they're five. Mm -hmm. And then they're 10. And then then they're 15. And you're like, oh my gosh, what happened to my little baby? I'm teaching mine to drive right now. Wait, like what? Wait a minute. (laughs) Oh no, slow down. So obviously Alexandra is one. John, my husband is another one who he is not interested at all in being in the spotlight. It's 
he is the only one in the family that won't be in any of the videos. Actually, there's one video where I caught him in the background, which was funny. What does he do? Um, my, he is a, a retired um, Army Ranger. Oh. He was in Special Forces in the military. So he's, you know, he's one of those guys that's very quiet. He likes to be on the flip side of the camera. He's a photographer. Okay. So he photographed the book. He photographed the cookbook. Oh, in the cookbook. It's all Greek to me. Best-selling cookbook. Yeah. I mean, and I <laughs> I love that. I, I was wondering how your Greek heritage played into you growing up and, and things like that. But I didn't mean to interrupt. So carry on with your special people. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> so John, my mom, obviously, who has been my rock. My father, who passed away seven years ago of ALS. I mean, he was... He was my everything, and it really shook our family to the core when he passed away. But he adored you, know, he's you always didn't still he? With me. Yeah, he's always still with me, and I always yeah. still, you know, I'll, I'll think, like, what would Dad say right now? What would Dad want me to do? And I'll just follow my heart because I know whatever's in my heart is, is the right thing to do at that mm -hmm. moment. Mm -hmm. So whether he's here physically or not, he is always here with me spiritually. Um, my... My mommy friends at school, which now is, you know, going to school looks a lot different this year, but my mommy friends from Alexandra's preschool, and they're going into kindergarten now, are such a huge support. My sister and brother and my nieces and nephews, basically anyone that you see on my social media, those are, that's my tribe. Mm -hmm. I always say, your tribe will determine your vibe. Ooh. So if the people around you are good, you will, you'll be good too. Like if you surround yourself with people that that you um, admire mm -hmm. and that you appreciate their energy, it's inevitable that the energy will seep into you because it's infectious. Energy is infectious, whether it's good or bad, it's infectious. Mm -hmm. What great advice. I mean, and I for think people. if you put good if you put good energy out there, you know, like I said, you have a choice. You have a choice to be happy. It is you can't life will always give you you know, uncertainty, mm -hmm. but you cannot allow circumstances or situations to determine your happiness. You have the choice. Mm -hmm. We are, we, we are, we're born with the ability to choose and you have the choice. And if you put good energy, I believe into the universe, the universe in turn fills up your well again. So you can keep putting it out there. It will constantly give you, it'll bring good energy back to you. Yes, it is. We're all energy. Everything about us on this planet is just energy in motion. And for people who don't have that tribe yet, you know, start with one. Be be the one who reaches out and says hello. We recently moved to a new neighborhood, and yeah. and, and I I have to go over and above the top saying hello and you know what's your name and what do you do yeah. and you know. And what's special to you and, and, and then you can build some of those relationships and not all of them turn into, Ooh, now we're besties. You know, it's not like that. It's just, right. it's just that I, I, I so value those sorts of relationships and I can tell that you do too. And I just want that for everyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's super important, you know, and I know that, listen, everybody wants to be that, like that ray of sunshine in someone's life. You know, like I want to be that sunshine that makes someone smile. But, you know, the flip side is there are a lot of people that are also going through some dark times and we don't know because we don't know everybody's personal pain. So, you know, it's also good to be maybe the moonlight in someone's darkest hour mm. that will help them 
see the way and smile. Like you don't know just one smile and one hello to someone can change so much. Yes, it really can. And, and you don't even know that you've done anything except just smiled and, and been kind. I, I, I always say, listen, if you have the ability to make someone feel good, why don't you just do it? Is it so hard? <laughs> like, just do it. Right. Where people will say, well, no, because I think that's blowing smoke. Or I think, you know, I'd rather be completely brutally honest. And I'm like, but why? If you know you're going to make someone smile by just giving them a compliment and moving on, then why not just do it? Right. It's really that easy. And I don't think it's unauthentic because there is something great about no. everyone. When I, if my kids come home and they're mm-hmm. saying something mean about somebody else, I'll, I'll stop them and I'll say, well, tell me something good about that person. And they can always right. think of someone, something. So there is always something so that we can be authentic in giving a compliment to someone or just smiling and, you know, loving them well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, you know, my father... Oh. God bless him. Hold on, Angel. I'm almost done. I'll be down in a second. Ooh. Well, you can what does she want now? I'll be down what, in a second. What should I send her? Apparently, her cousin Gabriella had two lollipops. Okay. I'm Tell her I'm going to send her a whole bag. <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell her. Hold on. Alexandra. Yeah? Mommy's friend Nicole is going to send you a whole bag of lollipops. Are you excited? Thank you. She's sticking her tongue out, looking me so excited. So, you know, I think, by the way, you just made her day. Good. It's coming. That, you know, my dad used to say something and it was always, it's really stuck with me. He, he would always say, you know what, Debbie, it is great to be smart and it's great to be funny and charming, but it is more important to be kind. Mm-hmm. That is the most important thing that a person could have on this planet. Oh, it's going to make me cry. And he would say, you know, every single person you encounter on this planet is walking around with their own personal pain. No matter how great or how small, they have something or they've had something in their life, some difficulty. Just be kind. Just be gentle. You don't know what they're going through. And they don't have to be transparent. They don't know you. They're just trying to live their life. Just be kind. You know, so the person that is driving behind you that honks at you because you didn't turn on your blinker or that's cutting you off or that is not being so kind, instead of getting angry back at them, I often think, wow, what's going on with that person? You know, I know I'm not the reason. I I know not turning on a blinker is not the reason this guy is this mad. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Yes. So you have to look look beyond just that knee jerk because m- most of the time, the way that people treat you has nothing to do with you. Right. right. It has to do with them. Yeah. I'm so glad that we are starting this season four of the Kindness Podcast with you and with these words because Aww. these are just... Precious. And before before I let you go, would I know that you um, have a special a special thing you like to do in coffee shop drive throughs or at least you did when you <laughs> would get coffee and drive to work. But yeah, I just did it this morning. Did you <laughs> tell us what you love to do? Yeah, I do it every day. Oh. I do it every day. So I am a. I mean, coffee is life for me. I can do 
I can do fasts and I can do cleanses and I can, but I got to tell you something, I cannot let go of my coffee. I love it so much and I love all kinds of different coffees. So <laughs> my habit is going to the coffee shop every morning, going through the drive-thru, usually on the way to work. But even during this time, you know, everything's been closed. Right. So they were shut down for a minute. So, you know, I was, I was having a little bit of a, a detox from the coffee and making it at home. It just wasn't the same. But I started this, gosh, I don't know when I started this, I guess two Christmases ago, where I started paying for the person's coffee behind me in the line. And then sometimes if I had like extra cash or if I had like a gift card, mm -hmm. I would pay for like two people's back. And most of the time, and I do this every day, by the way, most of the time it's no more than like $3. Mm -hmm. And those $3 can mean a lot to somebody, but I could also spend that, I would spend that $3 on something else. Mm -hmm. So I never see these people. They never get an opportunity to say thank you to me because I've already driven off the, through the drive-thru before they even get their coffee. But it's something that I just kind of feel like, you know what, if I can do it and if I can afford it and if I can make someone feel good for just a split second, why not? Mm -hmm. Why not? And I have done this so many times now where it's just a habit and I don't even think of it, but I know that person that I have given the coffee to has thought about it all day and has gone and said to their friends, this crazy lady in front of me just paid for my coffee. Yes. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, I don't know why. I don't even know her, you know, and I'm sure their friends are like, well, why would she pay for your coffee? Did she want something? I don't want anything. Just want to make them smile. Yes. And I just feel like, you know, I also um, had, I start, hang on just a second. <gasps> They're ignoring you. <gasps> oh. Why? Don't say a single word to me. Oh. oh, are they on their computers? Well, every well, Gabby's on her phone that she did for like a half an hour. Okay, well, tell Gabby I'm going to come down there in just a few minutes, okay? And then we're going to go to Mary Frances's and get the, the palettes so you guys can paint, okay? Mm -hmm. All right, Angel. I'll be down in a second. Does you Alexandra have a kindness story? Does she have a kindness story? Do you have a story about to... someone being kind to you? Can you think of one? I'm going to tell you a way to be kind right now. Do you want to go downstairs to your cousins and tell them that you love them? That would be kind. And I bet you they'd start talking to you. Oh. Sometimes we just need a mama. We just need a mama. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's hard to um, reason with a five-year-old. Hey, I'm... Um, so... So you know what else I, I started doing? I before I, I graduated to the coffees, I, for whatever reason, I've, I've had really I felt like the the ticket police were not on my side for a few years, <laughs> probably like ten years ago, and I would constantly miss the meter. I mean, by two minutes, uh -huh. I would run and there'd be a ticket. I'd be like, "Are they following me? What is going <laughs> on?" I was like, "I have the worst karma," and I would call it karma. C A R. Like karma, like cars. I, said, I always get parking tickets. So when I would walk by a meter and I'd see it about to expire, I would make it a point of take, taking change out of my wallet and putting it in the meter because I would think, this is ridiculous. This person's going to get a, a 35 to $45 ticket because they didn't put a quarter in. Right. So that's how I started doing that. And I don't, you know, nobody knew I was putting quarters in their meters, but I figured, you know, if you can help somebody a little bit along the way, why not? Yeah, exactly. So that's really how it started. And then I graduated to the coffees. And then I saw something just recently, Nicole, that I thought, wow, how sweet somebody was putting, um, I saw this online. Somebody was putting money 
in in diaper boxes and in like oh. um, in baby milk containers, like underneath, like putting ten dollar bills and five dollar bills. Wow! Because you know, as a new mom, it, it's difficult and it can be very yes. expensive. And I thought, how sweet is that that someone's going to buy diapers and they see like a ten dollar bill in the diaper box? Uh huh. Uh huh. What a treat when they get Super home. Nice. Really? Oh, nice. I know. Well, hey, I, I need to let you go because I know that one of the ways that is so important during this time to show kindness Hold is to on, be with our people. Oh, oh, yeah, I want to tell you something. What? Um, Alexandra would like you to know that Gumball, who is a cartoon character on a cartoon she watches, her mommy's name. Would you like to tell her? I'm going to put you on speaker. Yeah, Hang on. You're getting embarrassed now? Yeah. Okay, I'll tell her. Gumball's mommy's name is Nicole, too. Oh! <laughs> yay, I did not know that. Oh, I love that. I love that. Debbie, this has been a delightful interview all around. We are not editing out any of the parts of Alexandria because I just love to see you do life. It's just so kind and so awesome. Thank you, Nicole. You know, you know what it's like being a mom and working at the same time, and you just got to go with the flow. You absolutely you just gotta you do. Go with the flow and and let the universe do its thing. <laughs> you know, you absolutely do. I said to someone the other day, they said, "What would your your the title of this chapter of your life be?" And I said, "Love in the time of Corona." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure they got it. I was like, I go, I don't think they, they know the book Love in the Time of Cholera, but you know what? They Nonetheless, they enjoyed it. Yeah, exactly. That's good stuff. That is good stuff. Thank you, Debbie. That was a conversation with Hallmark Channel's home and family co-host, Debbie Metnopolis. Follow her on Instagram at IMDebbieM. Thanks for listening to The Kindness Podcast. It's produced by WOUB Public Media and relies heavily on the kindness of engineer Adam Rich. I'm Nicole Phillips. We hope you'll subscribe to The Kindness Podcast wherever you listen and find us on social media at Kindness Podcast. If you like the show, please spread some kindness in the review section and check out my new book, The Negativity Remedy, now available in stores. Thank you.